In this episode, we discuss a movie about a crack commando unit that survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Annihilators. Welcome to the New World Podcast, where we talk about movies released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Hey, guys. Uh, what are you up to? And Erica. Hey! And, you know, when we decided on doing this podcast and going through all of the movies of New World Pictures, it was because we were going to get such a variety of movies. There's going to be... Uh, sci-fi movies and there's gonna be black exploitation films and there's gonna be uh this movie annihilators which is uh like a tv movie that uh is like uh if you haven't seen the a-team this would fill you in a lot on a lot of uh what you missed if you happen to have missed that show don't don't do that to the a-team how dare you well don't, wait don't are, Don't are we bucket gonna... these two movies together just because they both start with A. That's not fair. <laughs> are we doing the podcast? <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we oh, are. Like are you guys confused? told me to call you, and I was like, okay, cool. We'll just like FaceTime a bit. I didn't know that we were doing the podcast again. This is how we've gotten Mark to do this show. He has unwittingly been a part of a podcast for... <laughs> It's been a, for a ruse. long time. Yeah, Just a ruse. Yeah, I overplayed my hand, and now he realizes he's on a podcast. Oof! It's been a while. I just, I didn't know. Are we talking about the eighteen? Was that a New World movie? <laughs> no, no. We are talking about the Annihilators, and it's a, it's a perfect time. It. It's a. You haven't seen it? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> then you get guys, 84 minutes of pure bliss back. <laughs> well, the, the the thing is, is there's probably a good amount of people that have not seen The Annihilators, which is why it's time for us to play What's This Movie About? Mark? Uh, honestly, this movie, it, it, it plays like a TV movie. Uh, a group of guys are in Vietnam. They come back... Uh, 15 years later, one of them is living in Atlanta. There's a gang that's terrorizing and stealing money from the the convenience stores and the liquor stores of the town. And he, the police are turning a blind eye for reasons we don't really understand. He gets the, the, the squadron again to, to, to fight the gang that's taking... I, fucking, I don't know. It's the fucking A-team. It's the fucking A-team. Erica, what did you think this movie was about? This movie sucks from minute one. <laughs> like, as soon as it, the Blu-ray started and the music started to play on the fucking menu screen, I was like, this movie's gonna suck. Well, that's good. That's a good point. 
<laughs> we did watch the Blu-ray that's on Kino Lorber. Uh, it's got a couple little extras to it. No commentary, but uh, it looks very good. But you can also, I believe, watch it on Prime. So it's also available to stream for, for that way. Now, I'll tell you what I thought the movie was about which I thought it was basically a parable about the two different paths your life could go by middle age. One <laughs> is that you could try to help people and try to do better by your, the neighborhood and your friends. And another is that you join a middle-aged gang that terrorizes a neighborhood. <laughs> That's fair. But either fair. way, I do think it deals specifically with middle age. <laughs> And, and no other age um because everybody in this movie is old particularly right. the gang members yeah but i i would also say that uh, when you are middle-aged and you go to war uh whatever haircut you bring with you that mm-hmm. is the haircut that you are going to stick with for the rest of your life. Yes, because you're committed to that haircut at this point. It is your look. It, it is. And, you know. Yeah. I it, mean, when we we started the movie in Vietnam, I, I definitely made the note that I thought these guys are definitely enlisted soldiers. Maybe fifth tour. <laughs> I just feel like these guys, these guys are not guys that got drafted. These no, are not drafted. They, they, they came in. They signed up. And... They, uh, the draft board was like, uh, are you sure? Oh, okay. <laughs> they were like, yeah, well, I want in. Right. Uh, you know, I'm 38. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and they were like, 38? <laughs> Man. Speaking of that opening scene, what I thought was, so they do the typical Vietnam, uh, presumably this squadron or this team has been together for a long time. Uh, they have, they've been assigned to this mission, uh, and they're supposed to show some sort of battle that they get in that really hardens their relationship and and makes them lifelong friends. Sure. But all they do is they go out to a field and they plant some bombs in a pre-dug hole in the ground. Mm -hmm. And then the enemy forces start, hear them and start coming towards them and they, Light it. It, I, it. Funny, and they light it with like an old TNT type, like where you yep. wire it to the box yep. and right. light it. But they light this field on fire, or they blow it up. But they don't blow up any people. Like, there's not really any tension to this, and we're supposed to believe that. I guess the the Viet Cong or whatever like saw that explosion and went like, "Oh shit! Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go back. Let's here. get out of here. Right." They're like, I thought we were fighting people, but I think we're fighting wily coyotes. So we should go. We should get out of here. Because one thing, you know, the next thing that's coming is an anvil from the sky. <laughs> so we gotta go. Wait a minute. There's a box here, and it's addressed to us. All right. I want to open, open it. it. I want to open, open it. it. Don't open it. Shoot, Don't open it. me bomb. <laughs> yeah. Um. Actually, I made a couple notes about what Erica said as we watched the movie, and Aww. one of the things she's <laughs> and one of the things the she closest said, I'm going to get to a love note. <laughs> she said that um... <laughs> Ryan just diligently taking notes about how angry I am to be a part of this podcast. <laughs> 
First of all, she said she knew the movie was going to be bad just from the blue ray, blue, yeah. blue ray menu screen. Yeah. From, it sucks. She was like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. Yeah. Then she said that the Vietna- Vietnamese jungle that they shot in looked like the woods in her parents' backyard, yeah. which is actually, considering they shot the whole movie in Atlanta, and of course they set the modern day uh, scenes in Atlanta, but but they did shoot, I guess, in the backwoods of Atlanta. I guess it, yeah, it doesn't look like the jungle. It no. does look like no. they're out in the... in the. It backwoods. looks like the Midwest. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. the South, yeah. in this case. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that it, the the poster... For this movie, the right. uh, the uh, cart hand drawn poster, mm-hmm. I was about twenty minutes in, and I'm not kidding you. I grabbed the box, the DVD, the Blu-ray box. I was like, "When are these people, yeah, going to be a part of this movie?" Right? Yeah, because the right. poster is badass. Yeah, yeah, poster's really cool. But, I mean, look, the name alert. of the movie is Annihilators. I right. was ready. I was like, "This is going to be titties, guns, annihilation." I'm in, and then it was like, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> but hold on, no. there are guns. Yes, there are yes. titties. Yes, yes. There is no annihilation. No. 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 Not even in Vietnam, as you just pointed yeah. out. No. No. <laughs> nope. It's a warning blast. <laughs> they just, I think the Vietnamese saw that they had the ability to blow things up. And they're yeah. like, what if they accidentally blow us up? Run! Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. they didn't in that moment. Yeah. But yes, that that what was uh, important also in that Vietnam, uh, Viet, Vietnam or Vietnamese sequence. Vietnamon. <laughs> Vietnamon. <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> what was important about the Vietnam scene was that it set up that one of the friends gets shot uh, and gets injured. So when he goes back and he's running a corner store with his dad, he's now in a wheelchair. Yeah. And then that's when we meet the middle aged gang that is tormenting this yeah. Atlanta neighborhood, including a. Which I wrote, this middle-aged gang is fierce because. <laughs> Great middle-aged description of Great. that middle-aged gang. Middle-aged gang. <laughs> um, the leader looks like, I do think it's his real hair, but I was like, did he just grab a wig off the rack that was like Kurt Russell wig? Because he really has Kurt Russell hair. <laughs> um, also, yeah. don't you feel like that entire long ass scene in vietnam could have just been some flashbacks peppered through it throughout this movie we could have just started in the convenience store like why do we need to watch this long painful i think well what mark was saying is i think it's supposed to set you up for like supposed to set up like how why they are they have these bonds that are right you know so so tightly coupled and why they can lean on each other yeah and they're trying to say his hair is like if kurt russell went to a Halloween party and looking like Rod Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like an like they they emphasized feathering. <laughs> yes. Speaking of this convenience store. If you walked into that convenience store, yeah. Would you actually go through the trouble of picking something out and buying it or would no, you it, go oh oh no and it, turn around and walk out? Yeah, it looks a little beat up. And the funny part of it is is, is that you walk in and then it, there's like a longer hallway. If it looks like if you go down and then you turn to the left, then there's a much longer, and that's that's where the stuff is. Mm-hmm. So, like, actually, when you'd walk into the store, it looks like there's nothing there. Like you've right. clearly walked into some sort of like 
I don't know, front for some other like middle-aged gang. And yeah, I mean, you'd be right. You'd be right, number one, because that's exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> two things I thought of in watching that scene. One, uh, when I was when I lived in San Francisco, and, and Ryan, you know this, uh, there was so you a lived in San Francisco? store. Yeah, there was a liquor store at the Back end of the street accurate. called Fulton Liquor. Yes. Which they... Call they they called themselves filthy liquor, uh, yeah. or filthy's liquor, uh-huh. because it was real dingy inside. So gross, but it looked uh, like Whole Foods compared to this convenience <laughs> store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's observation one. Observation two: uh, middle aged gang is holding up this place, and the woman who eventually shows her titties decides. Mm, I think I can still get milk. She's still <laughs> gonna get milk. She's like, I need two percent, like yeah. real bad. So yeah. right. I'm gonna hopefully just skirt past these folks. Yeah, I already poured the cereal. I just need that two <laughs> percent. Just need it. Yeah, he immediately tells her like, get out as soon as the gang comes in, and she's like, mm, she doesn't. She's Takes all. I'll go at my own pace. Thank you. Now I also have to say. This is probably very true that she's very just just poured the cereal because she also did not go down there with a bra because when they do rip her shirt open. Spoiler alert. There's the titties. (laughs) There's no there's no bra there. So she definitely was like this was this was supposed to be a quick run down to the shitty corner store and run back out. That's why she was like, I'm getting this milk because I didn't put on a bra. And And I don't want to have to go home, put on a bra, come back out, get milk. I'm just going to try to get this milk get it over with and then she is stabbed and here's what's amazing about this little section i swear we're not in my research corner yet but uh, we're teetering there is uh on the disc they will show you the difference between that stabbing scene and they cut they cut the stab the actual stabbing for release in the uk uh and abroad because they felt like it was too much and they would have to give it a uh a rating that wouldn't have uh that would have been like too severe so they had to cut just that one section of when the guy like stabs her. And it looks awful. The stabbing looks terrible. And they show you like what it what it originally is on the on the Blu-ray, and then they'll show you like what the cut version was. And it's like that really? It's like two seconds, and that was it. That was the thing that, you know, gave them such a bad rating. But uh, I'm, I'm just gonna say though, uh when I was jacking off, the UK cut got me oh! a little harder than the US cut. <laughs> I just, I came harder. Yeah. At the U- <laughs> Wow. Yikes. Wow. Mark's new segment, Jack and the Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's nothing like a middle-aged gang sticking up a corner store. And Mark's like, welp, <laughs> this ticks all my fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> Poorly stocked store. Check. <laughs> Middle-aged gang. Dimly lit. Check. Middle-aged gang. Check. Crazy piano. Uh-oh. Zip. (laughs) Probably that music. I get it. After that, I really have to say, though, I really want to hand it to the guy who plays... uh, The guy's name is Joe, Joe or Joey, that is part of uh, the Annihilator's crew that um, is in a wheelchair, and then then he is... is, uh, He's done away with by the oh, game. Oh, spoiler. 
But I have to give it up to his dad, uh, actor Sid Conrad, for uh, when he comes back to the store and sees the crowd out there. Wait, that's his real dad? No, it's not his real dad. I'm just saying that's the actor's name that played him. Sid? Sid Conrad. That's just the actor. It's not his actual dad. He's playing his dad. But that's Mm -hmm. the thing. I have to hand it to him because he acted the hell out of that moment where he's like discovering his son is dead. It was like, wow, he's really he did not know what movie he was in. He was like, I'm giving this my all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for, for his next paycheck. He was and like, then the this next is my scene, moment. I'm going to take advantage. Yeah. And when they were at the had the funeral, like he went after it and was like, I'm going to act the living hell out of this moment. I was like, good for you, man. And everybody else was like, dial it down. We yeah, can't. Like, dude. Pull back. Oh, man. None of us can match this. You are this. making us look bad. Right. I don't want to get to your level, okay? Because that'll wear me out. But uh, that, of course, then brings in the Annihilators. The Annihilators come into town to take care of this middle-aged gang. Right. right. <sighs> and I forgot a another part of this movie until I watched it a second time. I had completely forgotten that not only are the Annihilators in town to try to take care of this middle-aged gang, but there is a cop on the force who's looking to take the Annihilators down. Because he I thinks... Totally I missed that entirely. I, didn't, I, don't even I saw the second out. time. I was like, oh! Now, as it turns out, the identity of this cop becomes a big a quote-unquote twist at the end of the film a twist that is set up by the sequence in vietnam i don't remember that twist at all no it and no one would and i didn't even really remember it until i watched it a second time and then i was like oh okay god bless you for watching it a second time that means this movie was viewed three times That's great. That's great. <coughs> yep. Mark watched That's it. That's right. You and I watched it. And then, and then watched I watched it, it the second time. Uh, his name is like Lieutenant Hawkins, I think. I think that's the name of the guy. And he's always kind of wanting to get rid of him. And they have like the chief of police and he's always trying to get him to bust him. And the chief of police, who sounds like a radio DJ, mm-hmm. is like, what are you talking about? These guys just seem like they want to make Atlanta great. He just has that kind of total, like, it's amazing voice. I was like, this guy has to be a guy that just did local radio. I did not find out if he was. Ugh, um, thought we were dipping into Orion's research. No, seriously. I was like, are we there? Oh, here Yeah. No, no. Just annihilated my hopes of that. Finally, something gets annihilated. Oh, man. Uh, I did love the guy who did play the leader of the middle age gang. His name is Paul Coslow. And he was in The Losers and Vanishing Point, and he was the villain in quite a few Bronson movies, Ooh, including Mr. Majestic. This feels and like a <laughs> It's not my research Damn corner it. yet. Not research corner. Oh. Watch it. Uh, but he like... <laughs> watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Hey, careful. Careful. <laughs> I'm going to light this bomb. Let me just unspool this wire. Hold on, I got twisted into the little over there with that giant wooden box. Don't worry about it. Just nothing, gonna, nothing. Just gonna wheel in this Trojan horse. <laughs> don't worry about that giant open hole in the middle of the field. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't. That's not ominous. So um, I, I want to ask: Do you do you think that all Econo Line and conversion vans have a cloaking device on them? <laughs> whereby if you were driving a van and you get literally a half a block away from someone, they can't see you because that's the, that's the, this, a lot of this movie is driving a van 
right up to the people that you're trying to spy on yep. and yep. them being completely oblivious to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, in fact, the main villains, the middle-aged gang, they drive up their red van, which actually felt like the they had the A-team van, it felt like. They would just drive up in their giant <laughs> minivan and just jump out and start shooting. And <laughs> it was just like, we're here! <laughs> I, exactly. I mean, the shots, they should have called this movie Bad shot Elators. Because oh. no one can just hit a damn Nobody thing. can hit anything. At one point in the in the final battle scene, a guy is hiding behind a fire hydrant. Yep. He yep. knows. He's like, there's no way you're going to hit me. I'll just yep. hide behind this fire hydrant, which is barely covering me. But you guys can't hit anything anyway. Yeah. And it has like that. That's why I think it also looks so much like a, a TV movie. Because it has like, instead of them like having squibs or something like blow up are on buildings or whatever. They just have these little things that like spark. So yeah. just, you don't really see any real bullets per se. You just see like little sparks flying off near and them. And no one, there's no blood squibs. Like yeah. people get shot and they just do that fall down thing. Yeah. With just like some, some smoke and then they just fall. Yeah. Right. Which made, I guess that stabbing stand out that much that they were right. like, Oh no, we I can't guess. have a stabbing. Cause I mean, there's not a lot of bloodshed. Though there are some people that pass away, but there isn't uh, like a whole lot of like, there's not a lot of bloodshed. There's not a lot of annihilation. Mm-hmm. No, There's none. No yeah. annihilation. And I think, you know, when you look at this movie and you look at this middle-aged gang is terrorizing, and I'm using finger quotes, this town, the, the Vietnam gang, the, the good guys, the annihilators, really don't have to do much because the middle-aged gang really they they are uh ultimately they fall susceptible to a bad business model and i think that's what really the the final battle scene is not necessarily because of the pressure of the annihilators it's because they have a business where they are uh they are taking money from these different stores, right? So they have a take rate that they're taking from these stores. And sure. by all accounts, it's a pretty darn good business. Hey, wait, um, is Mark running the numbers right now? It's... I might have a couple thoughts here. Oh, so, so bear with me. Yes! Yeah! Yes! So when you think about uh, the home of a liquor store is 1.7% of total sales. Um, and the average salary of a liquor store, uh, uh, the average salary of someone running a liquor store is between twenty and fifty thousand annually. Um, even though they're getting twenty to thirty percent profit on the individual items they sell, most of the money has to go back into like repurchasing liquor and that sort of thing. So if you're doing a ten percent skim, start a store right now. <laughs> this gang is doing a ten percent skim, which is roughly say five thousand dollars per store. You have five guys. They all seem pretty happy. They all seem fairly motivated. Uh, so let's say that they're making $20,000 a year. Uh, that means you have 20 different businesses that you're skimming from in order to make this make this work. Um, certainly, there's opportunity for growth here. Uh, five guys. So that certainly. means you have each guy's really only managing four stores. That's a lot of downtime in my sure. opinion. Sure, sure. Yeah, but yeah. But they've got it going. It's working for them. The problem is they get distracted. They yeah. get distracted being a courier for this drug deal. When you take your eyes off 
you the core of your business, the cash mm-hmm. cow of your business. People start complaining about poor customer service. You're the, the you're not taking at the same rate that you used to. Um, you're not providing just the same sense of security for these liquor stores that they were used to before. Soon other people, other gangs come in and say, hey, I'm going to take the same amount, but I will give you more uh, uh, security. I'm going to protect your business more because you take your eyes off the prize. If these guys had just stayed focused on what they were doing really well in their community, which was uh, raping and pillaging the stores, they would not have been so susceptible to the annihilators. The annihilators would not have been able to corner them. Uh, they would not have lost in the end. Uh, and it's just really, it's, it's, a, it's a story of uh, when capitalism fails and you, you just lose. You, greed um, takes over good business planning. <laughs> the, the, the Venn diagram between this movie and your TED Talk is just a circle. God. <laughs> it's just like... And I'm in the middle. <laughs> going, hey! hey guys. How to run a successful criminal business. <laughs> if we can jump into things we love. Erica? Things I loved? No, are we jumping in? I was, gonna, I was pointing to you for the theme song. Oh! Things I loved, such as love letters, but this is not love letters. This is annihilators. So there's less things that I loved and more things that I hated. This is what we loved and what we hated. Wow. They did not wow. expect that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That was very emotional. Uh, things I loved. <laughs> mm, yeah. I'll start. Thanks for asking, Ryan. Um, I actually did love one scene, and that scene is on Ooh. the school bus. Yeah. Oh, yes. The school yes. bus. Yeah. The school bus. When they try to, one of the middle-aged gang members tries to take over a school bus full of children. Sure. Um, and the children turn the tables on him. Right. And they and they get him off of there. That that's part that I didn't hear in your business talk, Mark, because part of the money that they're taking from these businesses, they are redistributing to the youths of the neighborhood in order to buy them as potential recruits when they hit middle age. Now, yeah. mind yeah. they are yeah. were way these too were young. They very, were way too young. Yeah, yeah, these they were, couldn't join for the movie. Very young people. Yes, yes, <laughs> and but they were like eventually upset with him and decide to to take them out because he said he was going to take care of them yes you know as they as they go into the middle age this was a retirement plan if yeah. you will for yeah. them um much like yeah, the rest he was setting of the up his bench right, right mark mark huh? but again up his bench, if you are talk you, right i feel like <laughs> if you don't get talks, but <laughs> if you don't get uh distracted by being a courier you could have focused on setting up you know, maybe a deferred payment plan to those mm. youth yeah. or middle or, or 20 year olds and said, I'm going to set up this deferred payment plan. Uh, we're going to invest it in, um, you know, balanced mutual funds. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to be 37 to 44, because uh, you let that we'll accrue. Be, yeah. We want to let that grow. And then 20, you, 25 years of growth. <laughs> right. Right. And then we'll be, you'll be ready to, uh, 
you know, start... Uh, start your life of crime. Start robbing your own liquor store. And you'll feel good about it because you'll have a safety net. And the great thing know? about it is they do it all as a group effort. There's no one yeah. that is left behind yeah. to do some other task. They always do this stuff as a Just group. Just like current school. No one left behind, right? Like no, no one left. Exactly. No student left behind? I don't know. Anyway, they take the guy down with a pencil. It's great. They do. And they do this because, speaking of things that we loved, now they have this whole thing where they just bang three times. That is their amazing chant that yeah. sort of unites the neighborhood. Yeah. Bang. 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 <laughs> just another part of this movie that Mark just couldn't get yep. enough of. Um, and there's a whole training sequence where they train the neighborhood and they have a sequence where they try to teach them karate moves. <laughs> and well, the actor Lawrence Hilton Jacobs uh, from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, he he has admitted he admits in the interview on the Blu-ray that he was uh, he just knows how to fake karate but doesn't really know how to do it and he was like really? i just know how to do the moves didn't show and he just through. like throws his arms around and it's like dude we all know yeah. you don't know you do karate, karate not as well as i do karate <laughs> yeah. so yeah. i mean no offense man but that's not like really good fake karate that's yeah. just not good karate yeah um but it was apparently good enough for the director of this movie and so they're teaching them that move and another guy teaches them the pencil move like he's giving them a pencil showing them how to shove a pencil to somebody's neck i'm like do you need proper training for that it was it's an amazing sequence that yeah, training that, sequence. that kid is the only one that annihilated anyone in this movie yes that was annihilation that was annihilation and it felt like there was going to be annihilation when the leader of the middle-aged gang walks down the street with a flamethrower <laughs> Oh wait, was this what you loved? That's something I loved. I mean, you we, he was uh that was pretty cool walking down the street with like like hey, cuz he wants his drugs back. So he's like, "I know. I've got an idea. Let's go back yeah. to the crib. I've been saving grab, this for a special occasion. Grab my flamethrower mm -hmm. because uh number 1, it's heavy. Yeah. And I'm going to be highly immobile. Yeah. And highly flammable. And highly flammable because I have a, a tank full of gas on my back. Yeah. And what's great, though, is that you would think, well, what? why don't you just shoot the tanks? Because that would blow them up sky high. But no one can hit anything with their guns. So you're perfectly safe because yeah. no <clears throat> right. one can hit anything. Shoot the tanks? I might as well just shoot this gun through a needle eye. I mean, come on. And then one of the guys from the neighborhood decides he's done letting the annihilators do all the business. So he's going to go out and try to negotiate. Mm -hmm. And he tries to turn to <laughs> burn him with the flamethrower. I was like, that, wow. Uh. But there was a time in the 80s when flamethrowers were badass. Yeah. Like, there was the Exterminator movie. I mean, our flamethrowers are still pretty badass, right? I don't know. You just don't see them anymore. Right. Like, right. that's what Mark said. had a lot of flamethrowers. There was, it was a big deal wasn't, to have flamethrowers. Wasn't it Eliminator 2 that they had the flamethrower? Eliminator, or, or, yeah, Exterminator, Eliminator, what? Exterminator yeah, 2, no, Exterminator 2. Yeah, had their had the flame, and I was like, flamethrowers are amazing. Albeit, and you're pointing this out, and you're right, not practical. They're heavy, yeah. no. they're cumbersome, they're, and if someone shoots you from behind, you are going to burn up. You are yeah, going to done. actually explode. You're, you're going to blow up, actually. <laughs> right. But for a while, it was like, why do I need a gun? I've got a flamethrower. Yeah. 
as, also, for, as far as things that I love, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm just going to say <laughs> the hair, really. Uh, as someone who just appreciates a good set of hair, I, I love that in 1972, <laughs> these guys all have the same hair that they had in 1985. Yeah, that... Uh... I also got to say, I love that montage where the where, again, the criminals, they break from their form, as you're saying, Mark, and they don't all go try to collect the money together. They break up into groups and the neighborhood itself fights back. And that sequence is really hilarious and amazing. Well, that, too, in the end sequence, when they do fight back and just people are in broad daylight sneaking along a wall like along the outside of a building wall and then he gets hit in the face with a baseball bat and you're like you're not hiding you're on a sidewalk in a street in front of a building with no bushes in front of you yeah. who just, are you hiding from just crouching down up- in front of a building people can <laughs> everyone can the see the most you. conspicuous thing you could do you're just not in down. a van if you yeah. were in the van no one would see you but they're always in the daytime because there's not a scene in this movie that's at night. Again, right? it has like it has like, you know, Looney Tunes vibes because it's like Wiley e. Coyote like making his arms like a cactus. And they're like, where could he be? Oh, there he is. He's behind the cactus. He just put two arms up. Also, yeah, I mean, as we pointed out, they're middle aged. They get tired, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. They're not gonna that's fight right. at night. They cr- yeah, right. no, they're in that's bed right. by pff, yeah. seven. That's what I'm saying. Like they have to do it all during the day. Like we oh, we have to have all these gunfights out in the middle of the afternoon yeah. because at nighttime, dude, I gotta go lay down. That's me time. That's sleep time. Yeah. Dynasty's on. I gotta just chill out, get yeah. my rest. Absolutely. Gotta get my eight hours, dude. I'm middle aged. I'm not gonna mess around. <laughs> and I'm in a gang. I mean, I've gotta I've gotta yeah. rest up. Uh, I've got responsibility. I've got a personal trainer at 6, 6 a.m. I've got to go see. Dude, I'm not getting any younger. I've got to make sure I stay in tip-top shape. Yeah. i got to go get my hair feathered in the morning, and then I've got to go fill the flamethrower tanks, and then I've got to go do my crouch Ugh. practices, and then I've got to, you know, go punch an innocent in the face. You know, <laughs> gang stuff. Gang, gang stuff. Gang stuff. Get off my ass. It's gang stuff. One last thing, too. Uh, Paul Kozlo, the leader of the gang, the one moment where they decided to trap their red van in the middle of an alleyway by shoving uh, pipes from the roof uh, to then, like, stop them from moving forward. They get caught between the buildings, the pipes, and then they stop, and they try to back up, and they put more pipes, like two pipes. Like, this is not an insurmountable thing for a giant van to get through either in reverse or forward. And they get stuck. And then the leader of the gang gets out and yells, shit, (laughs) which is just (laughs) amazing because it's not really didn't do anything that incredible. Um, (laughs) Like you, this is a very easy thing to do. If you can't really get out, you could just lift up these pipes and then back up. It's like a, like a 30 second issue. But uh, yeah, that, that was pretty amazing. But let's get into things we hated. Uh, Erica, I feel like you're going to have a lot here. Oh, God. My list of things I hated is so vast. Trim it down. Just give us us the highlights. You know, highlights, it was 84 minutes and it felt so much longer. It really felt so much longer. I really felt very lied to 
Again, like I said earlier, the poster is badass. When you're going to name something Annihilator, I'm going to expect just blood and guts and gore and boobies everywhere nonstop. And it wasn't. It just felt like... It felt like maybe on paper when it was first written, it was like, God, this is going to be amazing. And then when it was done, it was like, meh. Uh, Mark, things you hated? Uh, you know, I, I think the thing that I hated the most ultimately was the 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 hammering or the, the, the count of three sign that they were like hitting the pipes against the building and hitting the pipes against the window. It just, it, it doesn't strike fear. It doesn't motivate. It actually just calls you out as to where you are. So <laughs> yeah. you're just making yourself hey, more susceptible to getting shot. <laughs> uh, and it, but it's just one of those, they use it as a mechanism to show solidarity and we're all together and everyone kind of gets that smile on their face like, it's working! And you're like, this shouldn't work at all. This should actually be the dumbest thing ever to a gang. A gang would just be like, okay, listen for the stupid three knocking and shoot those people. But for some reason, they never figure that out. And it it just plays really stupidly. Yeah. When the whole neighborhood starts making that noise and the gang, the middle-aged gang is like, what? It's Our like, ears! Yeah. Ah! Why are they all making the, this unison beat? And then in the end, the cop does it to the roof of his car. I'm like, you know, if you were a halfway decent cop, you wouldn't need that. You could just Of course, that's the, that's the twist, is that that guy was the guy Popeye that they talk about in the opening Vietnam sequence. Wow. Who they I didn't even know that. I had no he's, idea. He's they are going from this to some other job in the very beginning, from blowing up, I guess, this field like half acidly. Uh and so that's why at the end he's basically having them do more jobs, which to me was like this is an obvious setup for them where they were gonna have them this this cop who pretends to be against them uh, and want to track them down actually is trying to get them to solve all these different problems. It's, it's sort of like sad though when Ryan's research has to be applied to the plot of the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is what well, the movie's about. Ryan's research corner is. Yeah. Here's what the movie's Ryan's about. <laughs> what this movie was about. I can I can tell you that if you watch Annihilators a second time, you will get a subplot. It won't be revealed to you in, in viewing one, but you will get it in viewing two. And I can tell you, I hope to never view it again <laughs> on purpose. So, uh, okay. So things we hated, we got to talk about this music. And yeah, absolutely. This, is, this is the only research I did for this movie is a little bit of research on the music of Bob Summers. And let's just take a quick listen to the main theme of The Annihilators. It's like uh, the, the producer came in and Bob Summers was like, yeah, okay, here, I got an idea. And he accidentally hit the, he hit the, uh, the demo button. Yeah, this was the demo on the keyboard and the producer was like, Perfect. I love it. He's like, no, wait, no, that. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Erica actually said that when we viewed it. She said the opening theme music sounded like something you play fooling around with a keyboard at Costco. <laughs> like when the keyboard displays are out and you're just like, I'm pretty sure our kids have played that on a keyboard at Costco. You're like, 
in the yeah, aisle and you're, exactly. you're one aisle over, you know, trying to decide which applesauce you want. And you're like, do I want 64 <laughs> ounces of applesauce or 86 ounces? <laughs> Where are the kids? Get out of here! But mess around on that keyboard! Yeah. You want this juicer, ma'am? You want to try this juicer? No, I'm going to try and get the 86 ounces of applesauce. Honey, they got a juicer here. You want to come over and get the juicer? Or I, we could use this. Son, get off the keyboard. They juice fruit and vegetables. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. it? Just oh, sounds terrible. like an accident. Um, I, I, I uh, then I have to play this too because it's not only that terrible theme song, but there's also this is the I want to play <clears throat> Mark if you have this prepped the uh, the end fight scene. So this is the end fight scene with the leader of our gang, sorry, the leader of the middle age gang, Paul Coslow, and also the leader of the middle Annihilators, uh, Christopher Stone. I wanted uh, who uh, was from. Uh, he was in uh, The Howling, if you remember that movie. So um, uh, let's play that. And you can hear their fights. This is, you hear it from the scene. I mean, this just reeks of an end fight scene, doesn't it? What I love is they use the music to accentuate the fight effect. <laughs> It's not a punch, it's a Did he did he score it live? Did he just score it as <laughs> I, I know, just like, uh, like uh. You hit it every time anybody hit anything? That's the magic <clears throat> to be some. He's just like, Oh my god. So uh He's to- probably one of those people that like dance walks. As exercise, you know what I mean. Remember that? Remember when that was a viral sensation? The lady who was like dancer-sizing through that her might, neighborhood. That might be the case. Maybe that's his wife. Now, Bob Summers uh, is a, a longtime LA native, born in Pasadena, and he's actually the brother of Mary Ford, um, who was married to Les Paul and sang a lot of their songs together. And he eventually worked with uh, his sister once she. And she and Les Paul divorced. Then he would play Les Paul's parts, and they would play. And then their sisters would sing all the backup parts. So they did this almost as a family. So that was kind of how he started in the business. And then he started slowly writing music for movies, including he wrote the theme song for It's a Bikini World. It's a debut movie for Stephanie Rothman, who directed The Velvet Vampire. This was the first movie that she wow. directed. This is the late 60s. So this is pre-New World. Not bad, right? So Not this bad. is kind of a minor hit. It's a bikini world. Well, let's, let's do a little compare. This or... Right. Wait, if we mix them together, we almost have something here. They're roughly the same rhythm. <laughs> so I that just, sort of shows off his... just annihilated my ears. That shows off his guitar work. Um, mm-hmm. But then as he went on in his career, he started writing and buckling down more into just writing scores for movies. He did eventually work with the director of this movie, Charles Cellier, because one of his... Charles Cellier's biggest uh, career moves was that he owned the rights to Grizzly Adams, 
uh, and they, he wrote a lot of the music. However, <clears throat> not the theme song to Grizzly Adams. He only played the incidental music, so I wasn't able to pull any of that. But he did do. Let's let's go to one of the songs that he did called from a horror movie called The Boogans from 1981. Ooh. See, now this sounds like a theme. This sounds like a score. It doesn't sound like the demo on a synthesizer. In no, this is almost. I wanted to say John Carpenter-esque, but it's not. It's, it's not. It's Slumber Party Massacre-esque. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay. This is as close as I could get to right before he did The Annihilators. Once he finishes The Annihilators, then he immediately afterwards scores. <laughs> then he goes to this. Um, Makes sense. Logical stop transition. Stop touching that piano. Ryan, get the damn applesauce. I'm too busy at the juicer. This God. juicer is amazing. We came in here for applesauce. It's been two hours. Do you know that they could juice an avocado? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm actually- I would love for this to be the soundtrack for this movie. <laughs> this would actually have made The Annihilators probably better. This is probably the one movie they should have had this theme song, and they didn't put it in this one. Yeah. Um, then he actually does, the next movie he does is The Eliminators. So let's hear that. Okay, this is a little Annihilators-esque. A little bit. Wait, are there punches happening during those beats? Yeah. This is very TV movie. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is the end theme to this movie. I think this is like the credit sequence theme. Maybe, and I mean, this will have to be answered by Bob, but maybe, maybe he was just so into cocaine at the time of the of the, at the time of the Annihilator score, that that was the result. Well, yes, that could have been. And then he mellowed out and got real, you know. <laughs> and he started a middle aged gang because that's what you do <laughs> yeah. when you're in your. <laughs> and then now, his let's... music kind of leveled out, but maybe, just maybe. Let's play the One Dark Night. I'd actually that's the closest to the Annihilators. Let's see hear what that one sounds like. Again, atmospheric, because this one's kind of a horror movie, much yeah. like the bookends. Now, that was a poor sample. That's not a sample, that's actually the sound effects of the movie itself, because this is taken from. Still a poor sample. Yeah, it's like 16 bit. This is actually starting in the movie where there's like a rainstorm. So I feel like, yeah, maybe this one he's just in together right you know right. just have a couple glasses of wine you know put some bad samples of thunder in there but this then... was like his dealer was going through a dry spell and so he was like all right i'll just work on this one for right now but by the time yeah. he gets to annihilators he's pure cocaine yeah so all this research of music and trying to listen into what bob summers had scored because i just had to look out what else he had done just led me to the idea that i feel like in terms of everybody's career that was involved in this movie. This is not the high watermark of anybody's career. 
that has been that worked on this movie in any way. Like Bob Summers, I don't know if he really killed it when it came to any single score he worked on, but the other stuff he did was definitely better than this score. I feel like Charles Cellier never really he directed a lot of stuff. He didn't go back to directing a lot of action movies after this. I think he just was like, this isn't my bag. He went on to other things like none of the actors. Uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs is going to say, uh, oh, yeah, I was on Welcome Back, Cotter. Um, I mean, Christopher Stone's going to mention probably the howling. Well, he's passed on, but he he would mention the howling. Probably uh, the guy who even played uh, and Andy Wood, who played Woody. He was in Rambo, too. So, like, everybody else has high watermarks that they would rather mention. Paul Coslow, the villain, he would probably talk about Mr. Majestic and some of the other movies that he worked on. This isn't a movie that anyone on the production was like, I've done some movies. Yeah, you ever see The Annihilators? Like, this is just not... This is like... And they're like, Annihilators, which one is that? And they're like, hold on, hold on. Oh! Kids, 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 we're going. Kids, we're going. You got you guys want a hot dog sample? Because oh we gotta God. go around the corner. You didn't even buy applesauce. Oh. No, it feels like all the actors in this movie were <clears throat> it was like summer break, and they were like, like, what are you doing like in July? Uh, I don't really have much planned. I thought I would just hang out. Well, a friend of mine is shooting this movie. You want to be in it? All right, sure. As long as we don't film at night. I mean, you know, as long as we got a four o'clock end time, then yeah. I mean, I I don't work past four these days, you know. I'm 48 now. I mean, I can play 44, but I'm 48. I feel like I can still play 34. You I think I can even play you as can. young as 42. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. But I can't see too good at once the sun goes down. So we're going to need to yeah. wrap up four. Cause yeah, these old eyes. I mean, if, as long as my readers don't reflect off the lights you have to then have for night scenes, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. I could do it, mm-hmm. but I need my readers out at that point. Cause I can't do the spatial distance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got a cataract. But not so bad that I have to gag and but get I him out. But I can do it because but I saw, I can do it. I can yeah, do it. Yeah, and yeah. I saw some karate movies I'm spry. once. So I can do it. <laughs> I'm so spry. I've been I've been taking this goat yoga class in the morning and it's really helped out get my core. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, I can I've been do taking it. these B vitamins, dude. Oof. Oh, the energy. The <laughs> But also the shits, am I right? God. <laughs> oh, shits. yeah. Oh, man. The shits. <laughs> Real bad. I hope there's toilets nearby. That bee just runs right through me. <laughs> bee just oh, skyrockets man. to the A. All right. Well, so, uh, now, fa- what's your favorite scene? Oh, oh. Uh, let's do favorite <laughs> scene, and then we are going to do a brand new segment. What? That we do on the show what? that we're introducing. Let's do our favorite scenes, and then get to a brand new segment. Everybody, I just—that's oh, a tease. I'm teasing you. Yeah. Woo. What? Favorite scene? Well, I've already mentioned it because uh, I talked about that. Um, that training sequence is just—I mean, it's a tie between the training sequence and the neighborhood, you know, horribly and and. Uh, uh, cheaply fighting back. Uh, even one of them is like a guy steals a purse and the guys are actually just hang- the, the annihilators. Two of the annihilators just happen to be hanging out nearby and then trip him. So I was like, that actually isn't the neighborhood taking it back. Mm-hmm. Still the annihilators helping them. But 
yeah, the, but probably a tie between those two scenes. <clears throat> Erica? Pass. Mark? I'm going to say um, the very last scene in the movie, and I don't mean that in a, like, oh, when the credits roll, that's my favorite scene. Cause that's an easy joke. But, and I am prone to easy jokes. But also fitting. But also, <laughs> but also fitting. But at the very end, when, I don't know, dude from Welcome Back, Cotter, and the main guy, who I I never oh. got their names anyway. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they well, say, one of them is uh, like Colonel and, and... It doesn't matter. It, do- <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. So uh, Welcome Back, Cotter guy says, well, the war is over. And the other guy says, well, the battle is over, but the war... Is still going or something. Has just begun. He's just begun. Well, it's like totally like, oh, we're going to make a sequel. And then they wrap their arms around each other and they start walking away in the credits roll. While in the foreground, a car is on fire and (laughs) nobody is doing anything about it. The cops are putting it out. The cops cops have left. They're walking away from it. They're just like, this thing, we're just going to let it burn to the ground. They're like, that's a fire department thing. That's not a cop thing. (laughs) It's like, no one walks away from a burning car and is just like, that thing? I don't know. Let's go get some ice cream. <laughs> they're like they're going to go back to the cafe that that lady works at that the other guy went to have coffee and that he's like suddenly in love with her. Also, the ending she, is great. She is she was one of my favorite characters cuz she's actually fairly believable. She's actually really trying to act. I don't know what she's been in outside of this. I I, I did much. a cursory look. Yep. No, I don't no. think much. No, no. But she seemed like she was actually like, I'm going to try to use this as a career building moment. Uh, it, it, but anyway, uh, she, like she was going to be an actor and she was like, yeah, I got in this movie. I'm going to really give this a go. And then she did the whole movie and then she saw the movie and was like, yeah, fuck it. You know what? You know what? I'm going to go do something else. I don't need to be an actor. Who cares? Which, by the way, also, this movie was basically made for the video market because Lawrence Hilton Jacobs in the um in the interview, he talked about uh, he went and saw it in a theater because he said they they had a deal at the time that movies would have to play at least a week in theaters before they could hit video. But this essentially was made just to hit the video market because it only played in theaters for like a week. So listen, now we're going to do a new segment to the show that we've never done before. We're going to do it for the first time, and it's called Pairings. It's, I try to make it sound <laughs> as if we had clink glasses. No, I should have. I, I should have. I'll have a soundbite for that next time. All right, that's all right. Yeah. Um, In it's the a meantime, new I, can a new impro, I can impro a song on it. Pairings. What goes well with this? It's pairings. <laughs> right. It's two. It's two different songs, but paired together. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about if we were to uh, pair this movie with another, for say a double feature. Um, what movie would we want to pair with it? Um, I know I posed. Oh, this I got this wrong. I screwed this up. I was good. I said that this pairs well, well with Bud Select 55. Cause. <laughs> okay. It, okay. It feels yeah. like an action movie, just like Bud Select 55 feels like it should be beer, but it's not. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's like fair. That that's fair. And Special I'm glad you drink. took it in the sort of some 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 sort of sommelier. I yeah. took it. I was I kind of consider myself a sommelier of cheap, <laughs> low calorie beer. It's a niche market, but you know, there's only four varietals, so it makes it easy for me to learn. What cheap beer do you want tonight, honey? Uh, let me call my guy. <laughs> I'm going to just have you go out and get it. I've got a guy for that. 
He gives me all the great advice on my cheap, low-calorie beers. Yeah. Um, all right, so you didn't think of a movie. Now we're supposed to No, think- I, I, I got that. I screwed that up. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right, Erica, what, what movie would, would you pair this with? I think if I was going to pair this with, I'm thinking it in like a drive-in scenario where people are kind of drinking or it's like a midnight movie pairing. And I'm thinking you pair it with Tropic Thunder. You watch this, and then you watch Tropic Thunder afterwards. People mm. have had some drinks. They're feeling silly. They're ready to laugh. Sure. They're ready for anything. Yeah. Yeah. They're ready for anything. I thought that might be a good pairing. So that you would you would put uh, Tropic Thunder second, right? Yes. Tropic Annihilator's first. Because Tropic Thunder you have second. everybody. You have you have to force people to to uh, watch this first one. Correct. Yeah, because um, otherwise they'd watch Tropic Thunder and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to add, and actually thought, because I, when I talked to you, Mark, I thought you might actually pick this. But as it turned out, when I talked to you about it, I, I just confused you about what the idea was. <laughs> I'll get it right next time. <laughs> That's all right. Pairing. I- sometimes it's movies and sometimes it's drinks. Pairings. <laughs> So I was going to go with a movie that came out of just a couple years before this movie, which I thought Mark actually might take because it's something that we watched a lot as kids, which is uh, an American action war film called Uncommon Valor, which is with Gene Hackman. And he puts together a team of soldiers, including Fred Ward, uh, Patrick Swayze, and they they're trying to rescue his son who is still being held in Laos uh, during mm-hmm. the after the Vietnam. So after the Vietnam is over. So he puts them all together. They have to train. They have to like train together to become this unit and then go in um, covertly to get his son and free his son from this prisoner of war camp. And it's kind of like this movie. And then they put together a team, but they actually like train the team together and they actually bond. And then you get to know the characters and there's character work, which this movie kind of doesn't, which Annihilators doesn't have. And then they kind of go in and have a big, awesome last, like a big, awesome mission where they actually have to go in. And then like, not all the team makes it. And I remember that being particularly kind of a bummer because you, I got into some of those characters and I was yeah. kind of bummed to see when some of them uh, didn't make it through the mission. Plus, as Gene Hackman, I mean, it's Gene Hackman. I mean, it's it's a really good movie, and it's one that isn't uh, seen as often. It's not as available. I don't think there's really a Blu-ray for it. Um, you can get it on Prime, but you have to pay. It's not a free. It's not free with Prime. Um, you could, but you can rent it. I'm sure you can rent it through um, Apple as well. Yeah, we, uh, if you recall, we saw that in the theaters as a double feature with Sudden Impact. Uh, we stayed for the very beginning of Sudden Impact, and our mom and dad were very quick to be like, hey, we're going to go ahead and leave this movie now. <laughs> and we went and got dinner at the Good Earth. It was a vegetarian yes. restaurant in La Jolla. Yes. yes. Great soup at Good Earth. <laughs> a hearty <soup>. vegetable broth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, guys. This was... moment is purely for you and me. Yeah, Mark. I can't relate. <laughs> Someone's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that restaurant." Yeah, someone, maybe. someone. Oh man, if you are just like someone's gonna say, "Oh yeah, I remember this movie." Someone will. But yeah, that's our new segment pairings. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Sometimes it's movies. Punch.
Honey, do you want to try this juicer? Ugh, try this juice. Get in the car, Ryan. It's good. It's good. Should we get a pizza to go from Costco? Yes, of course we a should. A take and bake? Yes. Take and <laughs> Always. Kids. Kids. Um, oh, man. All right, everybody. That is The Annihilators. We hope we annihilated this movie for you. Again, if you'd like to see it, there's a Blu-ray from Kino Lorber. It's a great disc. I re- recommend it if you want to watch this movie. Or you can watch it on Prime where it's streaming for free. Or we maybe spoiled it all for you and you don't need to do it. So either way, um, we'll see you next time in the New World Podcast. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye. Erica's going to the bathroom. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time on the New World Podcast. <laughs> What's it say? Well, it says, I love it when a plan comes together.